Jim, Rowan, how you going? A little tipsy, actually. But that's not why I'm excited. I'm excited because it's time for another history lesson. Well, actually, I shouldn't call it that. It's not a history lesson. It's just going through the history of New Japan. We are up to August of 2007, which means it's G1 Climax time. But before we get into all of that, I I think it's probably best to just recap what we're up to just quickly in terms of the title picture at the very least. So the heavyweight champion at this point is Yuji Nagata. He defeated Tanahashi back in April of 2007. The junior heavyweight champion is Ryusuke Taguchi, who just defeated Minoru, who was the champion from back in December of 2006. Uh, Taguchi just won it for the first time. This is his first singles title, and he won it in, uh, or was just on the 6th of July, so less than a month ago. And in this timeline, the tag champions are Giant Bernard and Travis Tomko, who have held those title belts since March of 2007, and the junior tag team champions, Dick Togo and Taka Minchinoku, who defeated Gato and Jado in May of 2007. So those are the champions going into the G1 Climax this year. It began on the 5th of August. The participants were uh, Block A, Akabono, Giant Bernard, Masahiro Chono, Togi Makabe, Yuji Nagata, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, and then in Block B, Milano Collection AT, coming up from the junior ranks, Shiro Koshinaka, Shinsuke Nakamura, Manabu Nakanishi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Toru Yano. Now of that group, I think maybe the only one that I haven't touched on is Akabono. Um, of of my family. Maybe, I don't know. His uh, birth name was Chadwick Rowan. He spells. His surname a little differently, but I'm sure if you go back far enough, uh, Akabono and me are cousins, and um, well, I, I guess his family took the uh, absolutely massive gene because this guy, I mean, he comes from sumo. He's built at six foot eight and uh, over five hundred pounds. He um. Yeah, I think was a pretty successful sumo in his day. Uh, and then in the uh, years of MMA becoming popular in Japan in the, the mid-2000s, he was a, a part of K1. Um, he did have a quick stint in WWE as uh, an opponent for the big show when they did a sumo match at Wrestlemania 21 and then he had a stint in All Japan in 2005 and then has since come to New Japan and now he enters the G1 Climax for the first time so let's get into that shall we Uh, as I said it started on the 5th of August G1 Climax 2007, tagline, winner take all. We start in Osaka, attendance reportedly at 6,000 people, and um, at the risk of this sounding a bit dry, the first couple shows here of all I've got is results. So, Block A, Togi Mikabe picks up two points against Giant Bernard, Yuji Nagata 
defeats Akebono, Tenzan defeats Chono. So they all started. Well, the winners, of course, start at two points. Block B, Milano Collection picks up a win over Toru Yano. Koshinaka defeated Nakanishi. And Hiroyoshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura went to a time limit draw at 30 minutes. So they both took one point away from the first night of the G1 Climax 2007. The second night, the next night, on the 6th, Akabona picks up a win over Makabe. Bit of a surprise, I think. Bernard defeated Chono. Nagata goes to four points, the first in block A to go to four points, defeating Tenzan. And then in block B, Milano Collection goes to four points as well. He defeated Koshinaka. Nakamura picks up his first win over Nakanishi. And then, in a match I did find footage of, Hiroyoshi Tanahashi, sorry, <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Toru Yano. So, if I have been diligent enough, and I trust I have, the link should be below if you'd like to watch this one. Yano attacks right away at the beginning of the match. He drags Tanahashi out, ties him to the barricade, before rushing back out, uh, back inside the ring and, of course, attempting to win by countout. Tanahashi breaks free with enough time to scramble back in the ring, but another brawl outside nearly ends the match. Uh, as a double count out. The referee reprimands Yano for his devious ways and all of this, which makes the audience laugh. Yano's response also gets a laugh as he casually unties the turnbuckle pad. Yano then locks in a single-leg Boston Crab on Tanahashi, who shows off doing push-ups before powering over to the ropes. Yano goes for his Onikoroshi, the power bomb, but Tanahashi fights out twice. He hits a sling blade, then goes up for the high fly flow, but misses. A German suplex nearly pins Yano, but when Tanahashi goes for the dragon suplex, Yano dumps him out of the ring. They brawl out there for a while, and only take notice of the count when it's nearly up. Yano grabs a chair, but Tanahashi avoids it, so Yano just grabs onto his leg, and as Tanahashi tries to jump back into the ring, and nearly gets all the way under the ropes, he's dragged back outside, and they're both counted out. So Tanahashi has another draw on his record in this G1 Climax. He attacks Yano in frustration briefly, but that quickly dissipates, and uh, Tanahashi's left feeling quite upset at his um, not-so-stellar beginning to this tournament. Then we move to the 8th of August. In Block A, Giant Bernard picks up another win, goes to four points over Tenzan. Chono picks up his first win over Akebono. And Makabe defeats Nagata, so that they're both on four points. Of course, Makabe uh, has been defeated by Nagata twice this year in big matches. First, the New Japan Cup, and then quite recently in the uh, in his uh, title challenge of, uh, of course, Nagata, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. So he pulls one back here in the G1 Climax, perhaps earning himself another shot. In Block B, Toriyano goes to three points with a win over Nakanishi, who's still on zero. Tanahashi picks up a win, going to four over Milano Collection AT, his first loss. Koshinaka defeats Nakamura, going to four points. Nakamura only on three points at this stage. That's an upset. Two days later, on the 10th, in Aichi, Akabona beats Giant... Oh, sorry, my... That is incorrect in Block A. Akabono and Giant Bernard go to a double countout, so they both get one point. Tenzan defeats Makabe, GBH versus GBH there, and Chono. Wow, huge win for Chono over Nagata, so they're both on four points in Block A. Block B, Yano defeated Koshinaka, Nakamura defeated Milano, 
and Nakanishi picks up his first win over Tanahashi of all people. Big win for Nakanishi. The next night on the 11th in Ryogoku, Sumo Hall, attendance of nearly 8,000 people in Block A, Akabono goes to five points, defeating Tenzan. And there's another... Uh, oh, actually, I didn't see the match here, but Makabe defeated Chono. So Makabe's on six points. But then after this match, Chono took the microphone and he called out Ricky Choshu, Jushin Thunder Liger, Super Strong Machine, and Shiro Koshinaka. He called them all down to the ring. He said that the history of New Japan was created by these five people and together they each form a pillar of the New Japan of today. Or maybe he meant that together they form a pillar of New Japan. In any case, uh, what he's doing is beginning a new faction. So they didn't name the faction at the time, but it was to be called Legend. And apparently the media coined this term and for obvious reasons, all these guys are legends. Uh, but it's stuck. Perhaps more significantly, though, um, this spells the end for Black. Of course, that was the initiative of Chono's to take over New Japan and install Nakamura as the ace. So whatever that leaves Black as, Nakamura is at the helm of it. More on that to come. Still with Block A, Yuji Nagata picks up another win over Giant Bernard this time, so Nagata on six points. Block B, Nakanishi defeated Milano, Nakamura defeated Yano, and Tanahashi defeated Koshinaka. Nakamura on seven points, Tanahashi on six points. That was the final round. The next night, this is the finals. That was quick, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it's a shorter shorter tournament than it was to become. Still in Sumo Hall, this time with an attendance of reportedly 11,500. And uh, this one, you can see you can see highlights for this. It's on YouTube uh, from New Japan's Japanese uh, YouTube channel. So that should be linked below. Uh, but we'll go over the standings as they were going into the finals. Top of block A was Togi Mikabe and Yuji Nagata, both on six points. Akabono and Bernard were both on five points, and Tenzan and Chono were both on four points. In block B, Nakamura is ahead of the pack on seven points, Tanahashi below him on six, Yano on five, then Koshinaka, Milano, and Nakanishi all on four points each. I said that this uh, was available in highlights on New Japan's YouTube channel, and that is true. But this is also on New Japan World, I failed to mention. All of these matches, I believe, are on New Japan World. So um, it's a big show. There's not a lot of uh, content up for 2007 on New Japan World. So if you're following along, I would recommend having a watch of this. The first one, Mitsuhide Hirasawa versus Tetsuya Naito. So of course Hirasawa, he's an undercard wrestler. Uh, the kind of undercard wrestler that would go on to become an undercard wrestler. We'll not spoil exactly how that were to go. But Tetsuya Naito, I'm sure to most listening to this needs no introduction. At this point, he is still a young lion, though. He's in his black trunks and boots. Um, this is pretty much a young lion match. It's a lot of mat wrestling. There's not much in the way of frills. Naito hits some big drop kicks, including one off the top rope. He later launches at Hirasawa on the rebound with what was becoming a trademark of his, a flying forearm. And uh, Naito ends up picking up the win here with a unique but rather overcomplicated pin. Hirasawa's not happy with it. He disputes the decision uh, with perhaps some reason given the awkwardness of the technique, but um, he stomps at Naito a few times before storming off. Not too 
of course, uh, take anything away from Naito. He still picked up the victory. And given these are on New Japan World, I will give them all a rating. Once again, my rating system. Terrible. Bad. Disappointing. Fine. Good. Very good. Great. And special. I put this one at just fine. They showed good intensity. It was a smooth match until the wonky finish. So that might have dropped it down a peg, but it's only an opening match. The next one here, CTU, Gato, Jado, and Jushin Thunder Liger against Samurai Jim, El Samurai, Ryusuke Taguchi, and Yujiro in a six-man tag team match. Liger gets some jeers as he mounts the turnbuckle during his entrance. And uh, while still alongside Jado and Gato here when wearing his black CTU outfit, uh, as mentioned in the previous podcast, the Controlled Terrorism Unit faction is coming to an end. Um, as just mentioned in this podcast, Liger is moving on to the Legend stable with Chono. But they're still winding this down, the CTU. They, they kind of have a, a long farewell. Jado and, uh, who, uh, and Gato, who, by the way, Gato, looking pretty beefy. Um, these two have found a new home in GBH, and they've brought, uh, brought along two of their young teammates, Honma and Ishii, alongside uh, them to ringside. And Gato's got his little bat that he carries with him for extra insurance as well. Well, extra, extra insurance, given he's got henchmen with him as well. Uh, Yujiro holds up his wooden sign, the um, Samurai Jim sign. Uh, they all wear brown shirts on the Samurai Jim team. Takuchi, of course, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He um, has changed his hairstyle since January, which I think is the last time you would have seen him on New Japan World. Um, it's just as ridiculous, though. It's kind of like a pompadour mullet. But um, this uh, Samurai Jim team, it's its just these three. It was only around for a short time. But uh, to the match, Liger and Yujiro start. Yujiro, I mean, he's still a young man. He's got something to prove. He fights like he does. Jado and Taguchi enter next. They chop each other silly. Gato distracts Samurai but uh, or before attacking, but soon comes right back at him. Though the veteran has some tricks of his own. He's too slow on diving headbutt, though, Samurai, and gets dumped outside before being attacked by Ishii and Honma. Taguchi shows some great energy and agility, leading a comeback for his team, but it's stopped short of he's stopped short of hitting his dodon by Liger. Then the match kind of breaks down at that point. Uh, Samurai flies out at Liger. Taguchi jumps out at Jado. Ishii and Honma become involved again. Um, and then Gato lands a big frog splash on Taguchi. But Samurai man- manages to break that pin. Liger kicks out Samurai, tells Gato to use a referee distraction to hit Taguchi with his bat. But then instead, Gato hits Liger. Then when he swings at Taguchi, he gets cradled and pinned. Taguchi runs from the ring as the GBH guys rush in, but they quickly turn their attention to attacking Liger anyway. So Gato hit Liger on purpose, and Liger's pissed about it. He chases after them as Taguchi's absurd theme plays, but um, very clearly now we're seeing the end of CTU. This match I also rated just as fine. I mean, it was all it needed to be, but... um, yeah, CTU's just about done here. The next match was a semi-final of the G1 Climax. Tanahashi versus Togi Makabe. And um, I, I mentioned just before, Makabe's not had a lot of luck against the current champion, Yuji Nagata, until defeating him in the G1. Um, I don't think he's faced... Tanahashi, oh gosh. I know he's faced Nakamura, because he's beaten Nakamura a couple of times. 
And he's had a big year, no matter what. Maccabi's had a big year. He's held the WEW title for nearly the entire year up until um, just... Well, it was a couple of months back that he lost the title at this point uh, before challenging last month for the IWGP title against Nagata. Tanahashi, on the other hand, he's on the road back to the title. He dropped it to Nagata in April and uh, has also uh, had some time off due to injury. In fact, I believe his coming back in this G1 was uh, his coming back to New Japan. Gee, I hope I'm not losing my timeline again. I think that's true. Um, anyway, to this match, Makabe doesn't wait for the bell, uh, but Tanahashi was expecting that and works to make Maka- oh, well, works to turn Makabe's kind of brawl into his own kind of match. Of course, Makabe wants the brawl, but Tanahashi would prefer a more straight-up wrestling match. He can only make that last for so long. Makabe takes a chair in frustration and slams it against Tanahashi's knees. Of course, the knees, or one of the knees, was what um, Tanahashi was out uh, injured with. Then the assault on those knees, or perhaps one in particular, continues. From there, by twisting the leg over the bottom rope, there's leg locks and just repeated stomping at that target. Tanashi powers up and is suddenly pain-free, jumping and running about before throwing Makabe down and hitting a dropkick off the top rope. There's a bridge German suplex that gets a two-count, but the subsequent dragon suplex attempt is fought out of. Makabe uh, has had a lot taken out of him in that pretty short burst, but he crawls to the, cro- to the corner, grabs his chain... Tanashi unknowingly runs toward him and gets clobbered over the head with it, in full view of the referee, by the way, and that's uh, Red Shoes Uno, who, in fairness, refuses to make the count, but he lets the contest continue, of course. Makabe sets Tanahashi up on the top turnbuckle, hits his nasty spider-German suplex, driving Tanahashi right down on his head. There's a big powerbomb right in the middle, but that's... Also not enough to keep Tanahashi down, nor is the Northern Lights suplex from Makabe. He can wrestle if he wants to, Makabe. He just would prefer to do all this other brawly rubbish. Makabe hits a, a pair of hard lariats, but again, Tanahashi just isn't done. There's a beautiful bridging German from Makabe. Again, just showing that there's talent behind all of this, but is Ruthless, uh, you know, he just can't help himself with the, the ruthless kind of antics. Uh, anyway, Tanahashi kicks out. Makabe goes for his top rope knee drop, the King Kong knee drop, but Tanahashi moves and then scales the turnbuckle himself, but he misses the high fly flow. There's a cradle pin attempt by Tanahashi, but that doesn't work. However, the next one does. He sneaks a win over Makabe and advances to the final. Makabe's pissed off. He batters Tanahashi with the chain. He's got it wrapped around one arm. He's smashing him with it. He's, he leaves in a huff. And Tanahashi is hurt badly. He's helped out of the ring by Naito, who's doing his young line ringside duties. But uh, yeah, Tanahashi's been through a tough match, and it's going to be even tougher given the final is on the same night. Once again, I, I, perhaps this is harsh, I'm not sure, but I gave this fine as a rating. I mean, the execution of the moves was good. The crowd being into the match saved it from being bad. But, um, I, I, you know, what really kind of... What made the match between Makabe and Nagata very good was Nagata's selling. And that just wasn't really present with Tanahashi on this occasion. And it just... When the selling isn't there for a match like this, it's twice as bad. Because it's already not a great match because Makabe's doing all this cheating. But when you don't sell the cheating, it just means the cheating means even less. I hope that makes sense. Um... 
So, and then, you know, I mean, and the referee looks like an idiot. There was no reason not to disqualify Makabe and just allow Tanahashi to advance. I mean, at the best of times. But on this occasion, when the referee knows that whoever wins needs to fight again this night, like, it's not like it's the main event and you've got to kind of save the occasion for the fans. You don't want to send the fans home unhappy so you kind of keep the match going, hoping that the babyface comes back. Like, that's not the case here. Um, But, you know, look, that is already established. We know the referees are dumb. We know the referees won't do anything. It was, yeah, really just kind of Tanahashi's lack of selling that brought this match down a bit. Uh, until the end, of course, he sold at the end that he was that he was hurt. But um, still, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of looking at these matches in a vacuum in a way. So let's move on to the other semi-final: Shinsuke Nakamura versus Yuji Nagata. Now Nagata doesn't wear his title belt to the ring; he's all business. This isn't a championship match. There's a chain wrestling that opens the match. It's a little hackneyed, to be honest, the way they go about it. It's kind of the stuff you've seen before. And it's as if Nagata agrees with that and then blames Nakamura for the start being boring. So he interrupts those sequences with just punishment of full force kicks. And like he just cracks him with these kicks they sound like gunshots, and the crowd comes alive for that. So, yeah, Nagata's reading the crowd, obviously, wakes him up, and doesn't let up. He intermittently targets the arm of Nakamura, uh, and soon takes position for his variation on the Fujiwara armbar, Nagata lock. But uh, N- Nakamura shifts to escape, and he transitions into a more conventional straight armbar of his own. Oh, actually, sorry, it's Nagata that does that. Nakamura still manages to reach the ropes on that. There's an exploder suplex from Nagata that earns a two count. Uh, but then out of nowhere, Nakamura leaps up and secures a flying triangle, which he turns into an armbar. And that flattens Nagata out for a moment and has him squirming frantically before he reaches the ropes. Nakamura continues to attack his arm, but the indications... Uh, well, he continues to attack with his own arm, but it's uh, his indications in Nakamura's selling that his arm has been weakened by Nagata's attacks. There's a half-Nelson suplex. It goes close to ending the match. It drops Nagata on his head. Uh, Nakamura follows up with an inverted power slam or inverted exploder, but the result is once again a two-count, he looks to set up the landslide, which is at this time Nakamura's finishing move, but Nagata wriggles free, Nakamura instead catching him with a sleeper hold. When Nagata sorry, when Nakamura releases it with the idea of another inverted exploder, Nagata's ready to counter, attacking the arm again before a back suplex. They strike back and forth, testing each other's resolve. Nagata creates himself an advantage and takes Nakamura to the corner, sending him back down to the mat with a heavy avalanche exploder suplex. And this causes a legitimate injury to Nakamura, but he doesn't slow down at the time. He doesn't have time to, in fairness. He gets darted into the canvas with a brain buster, and then his kick out is rewarded with a chin lock. But uh, Nagata slipped as he tried to control the arm, and Nakamura escaped from that. There's a German suplex from Nakamura that does little other than to just stall the champion who comes back with another exploder suplex. There's a couple of high kicks that connect and deck Nakamura, leading to a back suplex. Nagata tries to pile him up in that um, kind of bridging pin that he does, but he's not able to secure it. And uh, perhaps just that little bit of delay was what Nakamura needed to clear the cobwebs and kick out. So they both get back to their feet. They're both going for different moves, but their fatigue is showing from not only this hard match, but the hard tournament both of them have been through just over the last week. 
and it gets a bit messy, but Nakamura takes an arm. He's desperate at this point, probably outweighing technique, uh, or desperation probably outweighing technique in this case. So Nagata reverses it. There's an odd moment when Nagata goes easy on an armbar and then lets it go because that was what was hurt earlier in that avalanche exploder. Um, and Nagata obviously knew something was up. The doctor comes in, he checks on Nakamura, and after inspecting him, Tiger Hitori, the ma- the referee of this one, he calls off the match. So, um, I know sometimes I, I'm not sure about finishes. You know, sometimes, oh, maybe that was a work. I don't think that this would have been a worked finish. Uh, I think Nakamura was genuinely injured. It doesn't seem like the um, way they would want this to go, uh, especially just given that finish where Nagata's kind of put in a position where he could easily finish Nakamura, but, you know, ah, well, he might really be injured. (laughs) So he had to lay off. A bit awkward, but Nagata's respectful toward Nakamura uh, after the match. It it was a good match. It was obviously just a bit of a flat finish. I still think it was good. I rated it good. I mean, it was a step above the last match. It was just the finish that let it down. Um, And even the beginning wasn't particularly good. But everything in between, it was like a great match sandwich. And the bread was stale. But you know, injuries happen. It's not really anyone's fault. So um, those are the two semi-finals. Of course, that means that we'll see Nagata versus Tanahashi in the final. But before that, we've got some more matches here. Koji Kanemoto and Tiger Mask took on the Italy Brothers, which is Milano Collection AT and Minoru. Uh, and they're cornered by Prince Devitt, as well as Milano's Invisible Dog, Mikiru. And... Uh, of course, uh, just a quick recap, Milano uh, perhaps earned his spot in this tournament by being the winner of the previous tournament, the best of Super Juniors. And uh, Minoru, of course, current, oh, sorry, very recently the junior heavyweight champion uh, for quite some time. And he's got a long history with Tiger Mask because they've both been a constant at the top of the junior division for a few years now. Uh, or a, a number of years now. Uh, Tiger Mask had the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship for 15 months. Um, that just came to an end earlier this year. Um, Kanemoto, uh, also a, a top junior in this match. He's not quite, well, actually, not even come close to the success he saw in 2006, where he... Um, had a well, he was a part of the G1 in on that uh, last year, but um, yeah, it's, it's he's not seen the same success in 2007. It's uh, been winding down to this point. Anyway, the match uh, starts with Kanemoto and Minoru. It's a bit hurried, but it's sharp technique. I mean, these are all top guys here in the junior division. Uh, in the next sequence, they there's some good speed, good agility. Tigermas trips against Milano, but still somehow manages to make that look good. They tumble outside, and Devitt lays in a shot on Tiger before helping his friend Milano to his feet. Moments later, Tiger comes flying out at Milano, thumping him into the barricade, and Tiger Hattori, the referee, is having trouble controlling this match. Tiger Mask, pretzels... Milano on the bottom rope, but then receives the same treatment in return. Minoru tags in. He lands a very heavy fisherman buster from the top rope. Then there's a dragon suplex that gets some impressive height, but Tiger just manages to kick out. Then out of nowhere, Tiger counters with a tombstone pile driver and a German suplex, but Minoru kicks out of that. Kanemoto comes in and cleans his boot across Minoru's face with several kicks in the corner. But he misses a dive and Milano tags in. He dodges a kick with his incredible flexibility. But uh, 
if only there were money to be made in limbo. But uh, then he misses a moonsault and doesn't dodge a kick, however, that comes straight at his head just as he gets up. So Milano, um, he, he comes back with some kicks of his own, but... Um, and he, and he knocks Kanemoto down, Tiger need, or he needs Tiger to break up the pin. Minoru keeps Tiger busy while Milano finishes the job with Victoria Milanese, the very handsome bridging leg hook Saito suplex. That's the end of this one. Win for Milano. But uh, Devon enters the ring afterwards, and the three of them... Um, Minoru and Milano with Devitt. They taunt Tiger Mask until he gets into the ring and then they all leave immediately. And uh, Kanemoto looks pretty disappointed with his loss there. But this was a good match. Um, I mean, there's, uh, you know, a few shenanigans and silly elements thrown in. But at the same time, it's that's that's kind of their role on this particular card. And there was a lot of good wrestling in between, so... Good one. Ricky Choshu and Shiro Koshinaka in the next match versus GBH's Tenzan and Toru Yano. Uh, Yano, in the last podcast I mentioned, is the brand new WEW champion. And uh, he's alongside, of course, the original GBH leader. And... They're facing one of Tenzan's first recruits when, um, and, uh, you know, in turn, the group's first defector, Shiro Koshinaka, um, defected from GBH to join Legend. Uh, kind of like um, Liger. They all, well, Gato and Jado turned on Liger earlier. Well, perhaps the same is in store for Koshinaka. Um... Koshinaka actually defeated his partner, Ricky Choshu, to enter the G1 this year in a, a qualifier, but um, obviously Choshu's not holding that against him at this point. Yano throws his water at the beginning of his, at this match at the veteran pair as they enter together, but it does little to stifle their attack. The fans cheer along with every Koshinaka hip attack. There's some unprotected headbutts and a Mongolian chop from Tenzan. And that nearly reverses the momentum in GBH's favor, but Yano tags in and ruins it. Then Yano, uh, he's brought his own GBH-marked steel folding chair, a bit of a signature for him. And it comes into play as Koshinaka is attempting a powerbomb on Tenzan. So uh, Yano hits him, he hits Choshu as well. And uh, all of this, of course, in full view of the referee, but it goes unpunished. Uh, well, at least unpunished by the referee. Choshu deals out the punishment. He takes the chair and smacks Yano with it twice and then hits a lariat on Tenzan and that sets up Koshinaka's slam on Tenzan uh, or a powerbomb. Then that ends the match. Pretty short and simple match, but the crowd liked it because, you know, popular guys in there. Um... Yeah, I mean, the chair was involved without the referee even blinking, but... So I just rated this one fine, but... Um, and also just, I don't know, I felt like Tenzan went down a bit easy, but... Again, it's kind of just a mid-card match, it's not a big deal. The next one was Nakanishi, Yamamoto, and Izka versus Akabono, Bernard, and Chono. Nakanishi picked up the wooden spoon... In this year's G1, coming last in Block B, but um, that's, I suppose that's more telling of his yo-yo booking, or in kayfabe his yo-yo form, uh, more so than his current place on the card. Of course, he's a tag team champion, but um, at the same time, it's like Bernard started 2007. Uh, oh, sorry, um, no, Bernard's having a decent year. Nakanishi. Uh, back with Nakanishi. He started as a tag champion with Amori, but um, after Bernard took the title from him, there's really not been a, a lot from him since. I mean, Bernard knocked him out of the New Japan Cup. Um, 
and that's, I guess, kind of an ongoing rivalry Bernard and Nakanishi have had since Bernard came in for Wrestle... Well, it wasn't Wrestle Kingdom, but the Tokyo Dome show in 2006. And Nakanishi's not had a, a whole lot of luck with Bernard. Bernard's definitely getting the better of him. And then... Um, he was... Yeah, Bernard's... Uh, Bernard, I mean, Bernard won the New Japan Cup in 2006, in fairness. Nakanishi lost to the winner, eventual winner. But, um, so yeah, Bernard's been on a bit of a roll, of course, being a champion now with Tomko. Decent showing in the G1, but... There, he, he is, of course, because he's with Black. So he's at a bit of a crossroads in terms of his factional alliances, because we don't know what's going on with Black yet. So, um, uh, yeah, because look, he's, he's in a team with Chono here, but Chono's moved on, so he might be feeling a bit uneasy going into this one, Bernard. Um, Yamamoto, on the other side, he's uh, been in a tag team with Tanahashi a few times in the National Area Tag League, the uh, New Japan Dragons. But um, he's still a young man. He's 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 on the rise, Yamamoto. He's kind of he's getting a bit of a following behind him. And Iska, I guess. Well, we talked about Akabono. Iska, at this stage, is just kind of a place filler. But um, I think that's all the setup we really need with this one. So Akabono starts the match. He uh, uh, opposite Nakanishi. There's a test of strength that doesn't go Nakanishi's way. Um, he attempts to lift Akabono, and his legs fail on him. So Bernard enters. He wants Izuka. Uh, not a lot happens there. He wants Yamamoto instead. Iska shoots his shot, but he's quickly overpowered by Bernard. Though he does catch Bernard unaware with an armbar. Um, though the American's tall enough to find the ropes pretty easily. Then uh, just as Iska's picking up some steam, Chono cuts him off. And all three of the heels attack all three baby faces. They pose simultaneously to the delight of the crowd. Chono is willing to do whatever it takes to gain an advantage, but he's too legendary for the fans to hold it against him. Akabona uses his weight to pin Izuka with his foot. Yamamoto makes a save but retreats when Akabono turns around to the amusement of the fans. Um, yeah, just too scared of Akabono. But um, Yamamoto soon pays for that. He gets squashed by Akabono and Bernard and Chono's boys work together to clear the ring before holding up Izuka for their captain to kick him in the head and win the match Chono over Yamamoto my notes on that one weren't particularly good so I hope that was the finish I just called this one fine um, kind of just a big guys bully less big guys kind of match nothing in particular too great about it just called it fine um, let's move on because we're up to the main event the G1 Climax 2007 Final. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yuji Nagata. This is fun. Because um, this, of course, is a rivalry that's been brewing a while. Uh, we had... Well, Nagata's the current champion, and he took it off Tanahashi back in April. And now we find ourselves in the G1 Final. And they set it up well. The lights go out. The crowd react together in excitement. A spotlight centers on the ring announcer who introduces each finalist to the ring. And the support for both men is vocal. And it's split between them in a relatively even way. A win here would complete a massive year for Yuji Nagata. He's already won the New Japan Cup. Um, he's been IWGP champion for 
a fair chunk of 2007, as mentioned. And he's defended it twice before this tournament. Tanahashi, on the other hand, this is his first chance at the title since losing it to Nagata. Though a win here, of course, would only earn him that championship match. Um, if he were to beat Nagata here. Um, the prize at the end of this match is the G1 Climax trophy. The feeling out period of the match is just kind of some basic chain wrestling, but it's done very well. It's tight, it's aggressive. Tanashi shows some fire. Knowing Nagata, uh, not knocking Nagata down, but not expecting him to be so quick to respond. Both men have something to prove to one another after their last match, even if only in their own minds. Tanahashi is staying grounded, he's trying not to flaunt any faux confidence, and is picking his moves pretty carefully. Nagata, meanwhile, he shows that he isn't over the hill, or he wants to show that he isn't over the hill as an athlete, and that he can keep up with Tanahashi. But neither is doing any of this at the expense of what they're good at. Uh, though Tanahashi does need to exhibit his toughness more than he might have liked when Nagata's kicks start flying. And after tumbling out of the ring, Nagata attempts a suplex, but it's reversed into a spinning neckbreaker, allowing Tanahashi to return to the ring and recover. There's a dragon screw through the ropes that keeps Nagata on the outside, allowing an opportunity by for Tanahashi. And with a painful thud, Tanahashi delivers a high fly flow from the middle rope to the supine-lying Nagata on the outside. Tanashi smartly moves him back into the ring and stays on top of Nagata from there with constant attacks. There's a slapping battle that ensues and surprisingly Tanahashi wins, but his follow-up sling blade is countered to full effect with a high angle, a very high angle back suplex. And the match is kicked up a notch quickly uh, both men perhaps realizing that they've only got so much left in the tank after the matches that they've just had prior to this one. It's now or never for the longest night of the, a long week. Nagata's comeback is all his big moves. as an avalanche exploder, which is the same move, of course, that put Nakamura on the shelf. Tanahashi kicks out of a brain buster, which is tailed by a forceful chin lock. The fans chant his name as he finds a way to the ropes. There's another backdrop suplex that connects, but Nagata can't get the pile-up pin just right. Tanashi fights back with palm strikes. He's now bleeding under the bandage already on his elbow from the previous match, but this time he falls at Nagata's hand. They trade cradles back and forth in an attempt to win the match quicker, but this time Nagata's careless. Uh, when rebounding to hit a kick, the move's countered into a sling blade. Tanashi knows he needs to take full advantage. A Uranagi keeps Nagata down, and he moves to the top rope for a second, more orthodox high-fly flow, the first, of course, being to the outside. He lands this one perfectly, but Nagata kicks out. Both men have very little energy left. Tanashi goes for the dragon suplex, but Nagata fights out and lands a back suplex, though he just didn't get as much rotation on it as he usually aims for, and Tanashi's able to kick out. Once again, there's a test of will. They trade strikes. Tanashi catches a kick and lands five successive, successive dragon screws. Nagata saw the dragon suplex coming, though, and Tanashi captures Nagata's arms by his side to land the bridging, straight-jacket German suplex, but only for two. Tanashi's not going to give up, though. He lands a dragon suplex next, but Nagata rolls away from him too far to secure the pin right away. So Tanashi goes up top one more time, and Nagata finally succumbs to a third high-fly flow, and Tanahashi wins the match by pinfall and becomes the G1 Climax 2007 winner. So on top of the elbow... Tanahashi's also bleeding from the mouth at the end of this really rough bout, which, of course, was preceded by the 
tough brawl by uh, or fight with Makabe. After this match, the pair of them stare off at each other. And Nagata leaves, but he does so knowing that their paths will cross again shortly. Tanahashi obviously learned a lesson from that first bout. This time he was unafraid going into this match with Nagata. He was willing to try everything it took to defeat him, even if it took multiple attempts at the same moves. He smartly took note of what worked and what didn't. He focused on what worked and made amendments to what didn't. This is Tanahashi's first G1 Climax tournament victory, and he's completely deserving of the awards and the celebration that follows. And it followed a fantastic match. Akabono and Makabe both win a trophy and a plaque as well. I'm not sure exactly what those awards were. Milano gets one too, a plaque. But um, that's all a part of the ceremony. Finally, Tanashi steps up to pose with his trophies and his novelty-sized check made out to the value of 10 million yen. The young lion Naito positions everything neatly in front of him for photos and Tanashi says a few words to the audience before ending on a big Aishimas! Um, I don't know if I did that match justice, kind of going through it as best I could. It's um, there's a lot to it, and it's it's hard to pick when there's so many moves that mean something in a match, but um, you kind of got to follow it along to understand why those moves mean something. Um, you know, I do my best with it, but uh, I highly recommend going and watching this match. I rated it great. It's one of the best matches of the year, of 2007, and um, it's a part of, I think, fair to say, the most significant rivalry of this year between Tanashi and Nagata. And of course, we know that there's one more match, at least, to come, because Tanahashi has earned his right at a shot at the IWGP heavyweight title that... Nagata currently holds. So that was the G1 Climax 2007. And that is the end of this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, have a good one.